currently you are listening to the song bitter by this week's guest the band source hello everyone and welcome to another episode of spiral out podcast i am your host chris west on today's episode we have the very talented three-piece band source out of colorado source just came out with a new album called emergence uh the album is awesome it's melodic it's technical it's dreamy it's melty it's heavy it's very very cool uh very very good record uh their other stuff is very very good too they were a pleasure to have on the show they're very funny people very down-to-earth cool guys they're currently on tour right now in america so check their website and thank you for listening viral out And welcome to Spiral Out Podcast. I'm your host, Chris West. And on today's show, we have Source. Uh, they're a, what do you call it, prog rock or prog metal? Or just metal? They're a, they're a band <laughs> out of Boulder, Colorado. And we have Benjamin on guitar, um, Justin on drums, and Pascal on bass. Um, they currently have an album that came out two days ago on the 13th. And they have a um, tour that starts on the 18th in Nebraska, yep. right? I have a lot of questions. So you have a new album called Emergence, right? Talk about that. It's your second album, right? Fourth. Fourth. Wow. Give me the lowdown. I just listened to it. Uh, I think I've listened to it two and some change times in the last couple of days. Um, Thank you. Thanks, man. I also listened to the previous album, Totality, that I saw on Spotify, um, which I really enjoyed that as well. I don't want to describe the music. I'd prefer you guys describe your music, um, and then I can jump in here and there. But uh, talk about Emergence. What's what's going on? Yeah, so Emergence is the first album that the three of us have recorded together. Gotcha. I started Source back in 2013, 2014. And had a lot of member changes over the years. Justin joined in 2017. So he's been in the band longer than any of the other members, except for me. And then Pascal joined two years ago now, like to the Yeah, it's like, like that's that two years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. you three, right? Just the three of us. Yeah. yeah. And um it's it's been a long journey for me to try and find the right lineup. And this really feels like the right lineup. And this is the first time since our first album where all three of the musicians on the record are the three musicians touring for the record. And that's really <laughs> exciting for us. And, you know, we get to play the stuff that we wrote together and then people get to buy the music. And uh, so it's super exciting. And this album's also uh, a lot more collaborative than our previous albums. 
it's been growing more and more collaborative uh, with each album, but this one's very, very collaborative. Like Mandala, the last song is pretty much exclusively written by Pascal. And then I, I did most of the arranging, but like most of the parts, uh, most of the ideas for each part came from Pascal. So and, with yeah. previous albums, Benjamin, you were doing 98% of it. Yeah, the first album was like 95, something like that. Our, our bass player at the time contributed some stuff. Um, and then sound. Totality, Justin and I were more collaborative than we were. And that, but that was our first record together. So it's just kind of, yeah, I had a, most of the songs written before Justin joined. Gotcha. Yeah. And then with, the, with Ethereal Self, our third record, it, uh, it became more and more collaborative. And then by the fourth record, it was just like, I'm kind of out of, I'm tired of writing stuff. Let's, <laughs> let's do it together. Yeah. And, uh, and the things that I came up with, the guitar parts that I came up with to go with bass parts that Pascal brought or drum parts that Justin brought, I probably would have never written on my own. So it's it's way more fun this way and it's way more novel, I think, too. Yeah, this this is my first band also. So like it's it's been incredible for me. I'm very, very happy. And like I have a solo project and stuff I was working on, but I very quickly realized that like I was just running out of ideas extremely fast. So that's, I mean, that's to me like the whole point of being in a band is so that like you can blend different people's ideas and sounds together. And on a, I think a more, um, not musically technical level, but just like personal technical level, it's really hard to keep yourself accountable and motivated. I think being in a band and hyping each other up and, you know, you have an idea that inspires me. I have an idea that inspires you. Keeps people motivated. I could be wrong, but uh, I feel like... I think you're right about that, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I like, a bunch of my ideas for this band. Like, Mandala was a couple little ideas I had forever that were just weird. And I didn't know what to do with. And I was like, I have these cool things, but I don't know how to make this into an actual song or actual music. But these guys did. Yeah. <laughs> so getting into the music... I'm I'm hesitant to, you know, put labels, but uh, you guys obviously are like doing long form songs, uh, different time signatures. There's tons of melody in it. Uh, how do like say Pascal comes up with bass riff? What's what's the what's the progression from there? Like pick pick a song after the new album and and let's say. Um, let me pick a song off the new album and, and maybe give me a rundown of how you guys maybe attacked the writing process. You guys are, by the way, the first band I've had on the show, I think. Hell yeah. Oh, cool. That's an honor, man. Cause yeah. like we are about as diehard tool fans as it gets. My neck hurts so much from Salt Lake city on Wednesday. <laughs> nice. We, we saw him in Loveland, uh, last two weeks ago and, and yeah. when and our mike who made the album cover for our album his poster is yeah the first uh, show got selected for the poster we're like freaking out like holy yeah, shit our yeah. friend fucking did it dude like so stoked so uh, yeah it couldn't have been more perfect that our artists got picked for the loveland show too. Like, the show that we were all at like that was really none of us got a poster yeah oh really <laughs> let's Let's take Bitter, right? That's the one you guys have a music video for. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so that song... Uh, that was the last song we wrote, right? That was the last song we wrote for the album. And we knew that we needed something a little bit shorter so that we could have something that would be a little bit easier to market. It's sure. always really hard trying to market 10-minute songs to people. <laughs> um, 
And you have to make it tw- twice as long of a music video too, right? So it should be twice as much money. Generally. Especially in like the age of TikTok, where like the people's attention spans are about forty-five seconds, right? Straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I knew we needed something short, and I knew we needed something a little bit like more up tempo and fast because everything's so like just like fancy and drony and stony and spacey, you know. And so Justin came in, me and Justin lived together, and we have our studio outside where we recorded the whole thing. Uh, and he came in for practicing one day, and he's like, man, I just came up with this really cool thing. It was like a exercise that I was doing, but I turned it into this, like, drum beat, and it was fucking crazy. I'm like, is it in 4-4? He's like, yeah, it actually is in 4-4. I was like, sick, we need something in 4-4. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, let's, let's just, like, jam on it and see what comes out. And so we got together as a group, and I'm like, all right, play this fucking thing. And uh, maybe it was me and him at first. I can't yeah, remember. so it was, you guys had, like, just the, like two speed. guitar riffs. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. there was, like, two That's guitar right. riffs. Yeah. And I, and so they showed, they showed us, they showed me the initial guitar riff and the drum part. And I actually, like, really did not like the way it sounded. It sounded extremely boring <laughs> to me. Um, but I, I sat with it, and honestly just got really high and like wrote a part that I felt like blended the guitar and the bass lines together in a cool way. And then I brought that back to them and then um, they both really liked it. And then we took that bass line and used that as one of the guitar riffs too. Um, And then after that, the song just like kind of took off because you thought of like a a cool chorus. Yeah. The chorus, the chorus, we like I just sort of came to me as we were practicing. Yeah. It and came together really quick. This was really the fastest. Yeah. Like every other song took like a year and a half. Each <laughs> so right, but this one was like pretty much two weeks, two practices, and it was yeah. like. So when yeah. you when you say they came up with uh like their their specific parts that you blended, uh, you mean blended like uh and like Pro yeah, Tools so or I some mean, shit. What I mean by that was like I I took I took the rhythmic aspects of the drum part with the melodic aspects of the guitar. And kind of deconstructed both of them and wrote like a baseline that kind of has elements has elements of both of them yeah and it was like a slower kind of groovier thing before the song picks up i could definitely tell each an individual technical style uh and, and it all kind of came out individually and together how how is that process like when recording of like mixing and who who's the one who's like we need more kick drum or cowbell uh is there like a specific dynamic during recording that uh i think i kind of take the head chef role if you will um and i've been using food comparisons a lot with me i'm an executive chef there you go (laughs) (laughs) i I think it it, i think it is a pretty useful metaphor sometimes um because you know one of the most famous sayings is too many cooks in the kitchen too many cooks Oh, you've never seen too many cooks? No. Oh, what? Get ready for get ready for something to fuck your mind. (laughs) I I like my fucking. I'm into Uh, it. So yeah, when it when it comes to even just the writing process, like I think there has to be one sort of clear vision as far as arrangement goes. And, you know, a good chef is always going to listen to their sous chef and to everybody that works for them. And they're like, hey, chef, you know, this balance seems off or whatever. Then they're going to take that in and listen and make adjustments or not. That's their job, right? Um, and I think it's real similar with us. Like, 
Uh, I want to get everybody's opinions and I want to get as much creative input from everybody as possible. And then I feel like my job is kind of to make some executive decisions about arrangements and how long we do something for. And same goes in the studio. Like Justin's in charge of his drum tones and Justin's, you know, the recording engineer. Justin does all the mic placement. Uh, we collaborate on which preamps we want to use, how we want to EQ stuff. And then, you know, Justin goes and gets his drum sounding pretty perfect. And I may have minor things like uh, the snare needs a little bit of this or the overheads need this or whatever. But for the most part, that's Justin's department. And then, like, Pascal's bass tone is Pascal's bass tone, you know? Uh, yeah, I just want to be audible and disgusting for the heavy parts. Really yeah, yeah. You want to get that little uh, fucking grindy. I don't know what you'll call it. I, I, your, your bass tone definitely, I'm not. I play music, right? But I've never been in like a recording situation. Like I've dabbled here and there. I've been in bands, never like to the level you guys are at. But uh, it's I, I find it always strange trying to describe tones, right? Oh, it's yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah, we we it's part of our writing process too to like make sure that each of us has moments to shine. Sure, and also that each of us. Aren't, we're not all playing the same thing. Like that way, when we lock in, things hit hard. But a lot of the time, like we're, like me and Ben are playing very different lines. Like um, Mandala, there's there's so much. Like there's this part where he's doing da 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 da, and I'm doing dum, 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 and it just like the way that we can make things offset, and then when they come together, it is honestly super tool inspired because you listen yeah. to a lot of stuff that Tool does, like invincible uh i hear like, justin and justin and daniel start doing this like triplet thing over the seven and it lines up after three bars or whatever and then they all come together on this one yeah. thing and it's just like it's yeah. like you're listening I mean, to them happen they're right? masters so, yeah yeah they're just um, masters at it and as far as the bass tone too like like the other thing i wanted to say is that we're we work really hard to make sure that our recorded sounds is accurately reflective of how we sound live sure so there's a shit ton of engineering that goes into that like my bass tone live is very similar to what's on the album but it's there's just less processing like there's a lot that went into the bass tone on the album right. like blending the bass amp a, a thousand mics like having the di in there it's not just like one mic on the cap yeah and it's worth saying that like we specifically these guys did all of the recording and everything ourselves except for like the mastering the mastering at the end but everything else was us um excuse me do you are you guys recording like in a studio at home or in you the got home any, studio and, and and again in in this day and age that's not necessarily unique right and it doesn't yeah. mean it, and it doesn't mean that you, it takes away from any of the quality of the recordings at all either. I, I do think it's unique in that we're actually using like live instrumentation yeah. and miking everything up and doing it like an actual studio, and it's sure. not just like amp sims and program drums. Yeah. And then when you're recording the songs, like I'm sure you have to do specific things individually, but are you recording as a whole? Like, is everybody there? Yeah, so that's that's kind of we've been tinkering with the process a little bit throughout the recording of this album. Emergence, the song, uh, was live tracked entirely. So 
all of the takes uh, from all of us were played together at the same time. Um, and they may not be like the drum take and like what the left side guitars aren't going to be the same at some points. Um, but it was all from the same recording session of us all playing together. And then we took, we recorded the direct inputs from our guitars. Like we split that off from our amps and recorded it directly into the computer and then did what's called reamping, where you send the recorded version of your direct input from your guitar back into your hand hmm. and mic it up. So we did it for that song and I found that it actually was more trouble than it was worth. It sounds um, like it. <laughs> yeah. The idea was that like we would get really live sounding takes and we'd be like really together with each other and it definitely accomplished that but there was a lot of stuff like just variables that came into the picture that i wasn't stoked about so for the an emergence got recorded a year before the other songs on the album emergence crack in the shell um and then the rest of the songs we all did at the beginning of february this year and for the most part we all like we played all the songs together and then for the most part we just kept the drums and then overdubbed the bass and guitar and vocals obviously and uh, that seemed to work a little bit better. For, and that's how that's how I had been taught to record since the beginning. Every project I've ever had, we all you record the drums first, and you all play together. But everything else is a scratch track except for the drums. And then you go back and overdub everything else after you've got the drums sounding really, really good. And I think we're not going to mess with that formula yeah. anymore. I think that's a time-tested yeah. formula. So you you figured it out for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> nice. and, and I'm guessing that streamlines things a little bit, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. Um, I think, I think it. I, I think I've decided that yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, it's it's making the most sense. So yeah, and allows us for get for us to get the clean takes. Yeah, yeah. So the new album, Emergence. Um, obviously, that word uh, has some inclination of like rebirth or uh, or birth in general. Um, can you talk about like some of the themes, like? I, I can't find any of your lyrics anyway, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, shoot. I can send you lyrics. They're, they're actually on Bandcamp, uh, oh, nice. which is cool. You can actually look at all the lyrics on Bandcamp. Well, when we put out the episode, I'll put a link for that for anybody that would like to. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious about just – we've talked about the recording process, and hopefully we still – and I might cut this out, but it's a, it's really technical, right? Like, yeah. Um, oh, very- for the people that aren't into the technical side – like ha- let's talk about some of the themes and uh like what what artistically brought you in in this direction that you're going and i'd like to hear from yeah. everybody including you there in the middle yeah. justin <laughs> well i mean just thematically right like um the the end of ethereal self uh as the songs larva and pupa and uh those songs kind of were like the the prequel almost to emergence and really like i've kind of said like ethereal self is a new hope emergence is empire strikes back and resurgence our next album is going to be return of the jedi basically gotcha um and so so like the 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 big story like there's like kind of a big story that gets fleshed out through these three albums but um larva and pupa were talking a lot about uh, the experiences I had during the lockdown of COVID and feeling like we were kind of forced into this like cocoon where uh, we're like kind of learning to evolve into hopefully like a, at some point, hopefully we we evolve into a better version of our own society and a better version of our own selves. And emergence is about 
coming out of the lockdown and having to reintegrate into society after, I mean, for me, lockdown was actually kind of great because I was like getting free money from the government (laughs) and I live on a mountain. So we just, you know, uh, had some, some good Rosetta stone times, uh, in the forest, you know? Right. And, uh, so coming back to the world after that was very, very hard. And really the album, the, the album itself, like all the themes are sort of, processing all of the difficulty I had with going from this like, you know, womb space almost. I felt like uh, for me, the lockdown was kind of like this womb space and then being birthed out into this world of suffering and, you know, people are at each other's throats more so than they've ever been. Like just everybody was so shitty to each other over the past few years. And so most of the album is kind of dealing with all of that and also dealing with like, losing all the momentum we had as a band. Like we were walking out the door in 2020 to go play South by Southwest for the first time, like our first big festival date. And our booking agent calls us like, yeah, it's canceled. And uh, the world's over, (laughs) you know? So I think those are kind of a lot of the themes for me lyrically. Um, I think the way that that really ties in musically is there's been this very hard, I think for all of us, it's been very hard to find connection uh since covid because it it, like everything that happened made everybody so polarized and like you know people lost friends people lost lifelong partners sure and the way that that we all responded to this was basically like so many connection points in our community got lost and so musically to be able to as a group connect with each other and feel resonance and feel uh some sort of you know brotherly love for each other i think that's like that's the medicine of the album that we put into music you know and and musically too there's um a few repeated ideas and shared motifs among songs and i think that'll be like very very apparent on the next album yeah um that there will be a lot of like callbacks to this one or things just like recontextualized which is the thing that i love i love hearing the music and i love being able to do with this band now because it's like building a language. You're like, oh wait, that's that part from that other song. Like, yeah, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Almost like a, like a, a longer theme than like when you have, uh, parable and parabola. Like oh, it's obviously two different songs, but kind of an intro. But you're talking album, like having these yeah, albums like album over albums. Over, over the course of albums. Yeah, well, we yeah. even done that too. We're like cracking the shell and emergence are kind of like sure. one song really. Like we put them out as an EP, but they kind of like flow right into each other. And also the impulse and a path out, it was written as one song, but there's kind of this perfect spot to divide it into two kind of more digestible chunks. Yeah. And you have all that fractals everywhere. Right. And even, even between pupa, yeah. the end of pupa and yeah. the beginning of crack in the shell, the first noise you hear in crack in the shell is the end of pupa. Is like that, it's, that's two different albums. Uh, yeah, so Pupa's the last song on Ethereal Self, the gotcha. third album. Yeah, and then Cracking the Shell is the first song on the next album, which is Versions. Is Ethereal and, is the Ethereal Self on Spotify? Oh yeah, it's on yeah. There. yeah. Why didn't yeah. I see that? All Dude. four albums are right there when you first look at our page. Give it a spin. It's fantastic. It's a good yeah. album. Because uh, yeah, I tried to make a make it a point to listen to everything. We've got four albums and they're all uh, pretty. Yeah, <laughs> and and pretty. Different. I did miss because I saw the logo for or the cover, 
And I thought, right. I, for some reason, I don't know why it didn't like come up for Spotify. I, I'm going to cut this out, by the way. But Spotify, <laughs> uh, Spotify sucks. I hate Spotify. Because uh, now I feel like I'm missing stuff. <laughs> You're missing. Yeah, I, want the, I want the whole story. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I, I think with, with uh, a guy like me who's into the music that I'm into, one thing I do appreciate is effort, right? Uh, and w- whether that means like effort in musicianship, effort in like themes and stories and just um, not just like I'm going to write a song in 4-4 and put it out. And you can have heart in 4-4. Like everybody likes, everybody has that favorite Nirvana song, right? But uh, I do really appreciate when bands go like, just that much further. Again, I, I'm not uh, that well versed in time signatures and I understand, you know, like one, two, three, and then seven over here. I understand the concept, <laughs> but uh, like to come together musically uh, is out of my wheelhouse. What, How many people do that? You know, like so. Most of the bands that we play with, they don't ever, they don't ever explore the way that we do musically, and that was something that I, I think, all of us have been doing from the very beginning. And that's why when you hear a band like Tool, you're like, oh, these people are doing it. Or you hear a band like you know Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, Bobby sure. Orchestra, or Shakti, or you know, like these bands that take music and and explore all these different uh, technical you know musical theoretical um ideas and then they also do it in a way that like somebody like you who doesn't understand all the intricacies of what they're doing is able to be like wow this is really good music and maybe i don't understand what's happening but i can feel on some level that these people have a deeper understanding of what they're doing like i, and, I like i understand the concept i i, I don't necessarily understand the math right like well, I, you can sit there and count it out you gotta make yourself no, I, do it. that's the problem is like i'm like no like i know how I, I can feel the rhythm right like you understand like this isn't in four four but i can sway in a way uh no. to where it's comfortable and i'm in the groove but uh like Numa, right like yeah Numa's one of the songs it's like 27 or something like that yeah but you don't ever need to count it because you just need to know like what the melody like the melodic rhythm exactly and the important thing is that like it it does groove and you can't exactly feel it. it's not just like arbitrarily complicated uh there were times listening to your music where like i'm walking around the house and it's enjoyable like i'm doing other things i've listened to some math rock where you're like god damn i can't even listen to this um like i really really like mashuga sometimes it's not a yeah, like walking around the house vacuuming <laughs> band uh because i just it, it skips in my brain where i'm like wait well, the, uh, <laughs> the the first the first bass line, the like kind of main main bass motif in Mandala was actually inspired by something Mashuga does. Oh, nice! Which is just like the they'll repeat a pattern and repeat a phrase, but every repetition they add to it. So yeah, it yeah, exactly. Longer and longer <laughs> and longer, and it's just it's that like like I said earlier, it was like a weird idea I had. I didn't know how to turn into actual music, but. Ben and Justin helped. Uh, so we were talking about themes. Where does art and visuals come into there now? Um, like, how do you how do you start to 
visualize your project that is ultimately audio into something that you see like well this album was a little different um the last album i spent way too much money on art um <laughs> have a bunch of different pieces and it was super cool and we have this limited edition box set we still have a couple uh copies left it comes with this big art book and uh all of it's an augmented reality misha george if you know him i do uh, know misha buddy yes yeah, so he did all the all the augmented reality for all our stuff and uh and it was super cool and it was really expensive i can't afford that right now so obviously we wanted to have something real and you know a real artist make the album cover and mike and i had been talking for a while we actually used one of mike's pieces on the last album uh it was one that he did for invincible uh but we we got the license for it to put it on the on the album cover on the back album the back cover um and then we were like yeah you know we really want to make sure we want mike to do like a specific piece for this because what mike does is he listens to his song and then he paints the song basically right yes and and so we had him listen to emergence the song which he like loves and he can't use you know texting me all the time like god the song's so good i love the harmonies in this section like all this right so that in and of itself to be able to co collaborate with somebody who you know doesn't necessarily speak the musical language but we speak the language of art together and we get to compliment each other and mike just like as soon as i saw it i was like oh my fucking god like this is the song like you did it dude like you just made the song like come to to something visual like something living like that i can see like it's so cool and then misha animated the whole thing it looks super sweet and um so that was super fun and then for the rest of the booklet i just typed in lyrics from the album and used some reference images um to give uh mid-journey some psychedelic guidelines right but I'm basically just typing in lyrics from the album into Midjourney, and all the rest of the packaging was AI art. And Midjourney is cool because Midjourney is actually generative; it's not stealing other people's art. Midjourney is a, an AI that generates its own imagery, and it can be inspired by other imagery. But I the image that it makes, it creates every single pixel itself. It's it, not it's, it, and again, this podcast is been based in the art world, and there's definitely like a struggle, right, for artists. Uh, visually with AI, but for, you know, like a band that I don't want to call you guys a struggling band, but for we're a struggling band, band. <laughs> we're, 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 we're struggling. Uh, all right. For a struggling band, like, you know, money is tight. You guys are trying to uh, start your, you know, careers and it's really hard to shell out thousands of dollars for, yeah. for art. And again, and it, I know this is controversial, hilarious to say on a podcast that focuses on art, but, uh, you know, we, we are just trying to do our best. Schmucks. We're three schmucks with the only financial support we get is what we provide ourselves or what fans help to provide us through like merch and ticket sales. Do you guys have jo like day jobs? Yeah, they oh, do. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. You live, you live in the mountains. You're living off the land. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have to, I spend all of my time, Book it. like so this 25 show tour i booked pretty much every show myself um that took six months and yeah. everything's booking six months out so if i want to do a tour in the spring i have to start booking it right now um which i'm going on tour right now so it's like just it's so much work to keep up with everything that like the amount of times i actually pick up my guitar is very other than other than when we have band practice and like usually like at band practice like 
I haven't touched an instrument in in like a month or like a week at least, you know, depending on how often we've practiced. Because the rest of the time, I'm just sitting there doing work or like we're adding lights to our to our show this time around, and programming the lights has been just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> uh, and like we're finally getting like finally making headway, but it's like you know I it's, so then so like we're recording everything ourselves. We're mixing everything ourselves and producing everything ourselves. We're booking all our own tours ourselves, completely self-managed. Uh, we're providing all the funds for our band ourselves. So it's like, there, there's, yeah, it, yeah. It I, is a I full-time job. Yeah, it's more than a full-time I, job. This is yeah, well. This is my job. The advantage though of it is that we get to retain like complete creative control over everything we do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, control over how we spend the money that we do have too. that too that was a big thing because we were on label for uh return to nothing which i wasn't a part of the band during that album but totality as well we were still on a label and they basically just stole a bunch of money and yeah, didn't use it how we wanted it i don't think they used it i think they put it straight into their pockets uh. i asked them i asked them for receipts they told me that they don't have time to show me receipts i'm like <laughs> okay well it was oh, my money oh, yeah. that was my money so show me how you spent it oh well we spent $25,000 on distribution. Okay. I spend $20 a year and I can distribute any amount of songs to every single yeah. music. It's site. like seven clicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, so where did that 25 grand go? Um, thanks. You fucking assholes. Uh, so we, again, this is not something I'm very versed in, but like, uh, I'm, I'm very curious about this. Like, label thing now where you how do how do they get your money in the beginning like is it from we give it to them because we're fucking idiots well all right but i mean like did you just give them like straight twenty five thousand dollars and then oh damn i I was just curious if like you're touring or doing shows and making money and then they just like collect it or you just straight was like here help like we're on your label help us be you know successful and they're like yeah sure <laughs> yep. that, that is 100 percent it it's like they're like oh what and so for the second album they were the first album i gave them 50 uh, yeah stupid dumb Damn. um <laughs> and but i was a kid and i'm like you know back in 2016 things were different you know like sure. the record label still had the record labels the record industry still had some clout and growing up in the nineties, like yeah, I get <laughs> you get convinced that like being signed to a label is this like glorious, awesome thing. And I signed this document and the guy's like, Oh, now you can tell everybody you're in a signed band. And I'm like, Cool, but what does that mean? Yeah. And come to find it doesn't mean jack shit in you know, in this day and age. And so for the second album, I was like, I'm basically not gonna do this unless you guys put up money yourselves. And they're like, Okay, if you put up twenty five, we'll put up twenty. Like, okay, cool. I will take 25 grand worth of promo. Like that doesn't like that makes sense to me, you know? Right. But they didn't spend it. Like they spent my 25 grand and they put their 25 grand into distribution. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, Oh, okay. So you guys didn't do Jackson. You just, and, and they, they, they spent maybe 30% of the money what, I gave them. Mean they actually CDs in stores, though? Is that what they did? Uh, not for totality, no. I told them I didn't want to do physicals because it didn't make any sense. And, like, for the first album, we did physical distribution, and I went to a record store in Denver, and I saw my album in the record store. And then I had to give money back 
to buy it <laughs> record labels or record stores returned the albums that didn't sell and yeah. i was like okay this is really stupid let's not do this um yeah so it sounds frustrating <laughs> it's so frustrating and then we didn't do physical distribution for the second album so it was completely digital distribution and they're like oh yeah twenty five thousand dollars went to record label expenses like, okay cool assets. yeah uh, i'm sure that it cost you twenty five thousand dollars to promote my album. well along the same concept of, of kind of what we're talking about, maybe not labels, but we are definitely living in an age of like TikTok and Instagram and that kind of stuff. I I want to say matters. I, I, I Sometimes I wish it didn't matter as much as I, I think it actually does, but you have to engage like on these platforms and grow your audience. Uh, are, are you guys conscious of this and, and, and what do you, what do you do to engage your audience and, and what are you doing to build a fan base? I mean, I, there have been people recently who told me, Oh, your fans really good. You just need a better social media presence. And my response to them is no, we don't because ultimately like, are you like some of you are like our target audience, right? Like people like you are kind of our target. Audience. Do you have a TikTok? Yeah. How much time do you spend on it? A lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. See, All right. thought, Maybe thought. I'm eating my I think so, bro. Cause like I fought it for a while and then, uh, and, and I'll, I could tell what you want to say, Pascal in a second. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, <laughs> but I am not like the, uh, like obvious TikTok person, right? You would think, oh. but I would say I probably spend at least an hour a day on TikTok. And I would say I'd probably spend another hour and change, uh, maybe two hours a week trying to get my shit on there. And recently, just, you know, the same work that you're talking about, you know, editing, just taking small chunks of videos and putting, I know, and I see you shaking your head and you're like, fuck, this sucks. But, yeah, you're right. It's exactly but what I'm trying to I will say this one thing, like I did one paid ad for my last podcast uh, <laughs> video, right? I got 10,000 views in like three days. It's like, yeah. And I, I think I spent like six bucks on it. And it, that sounds weird, but I mean, I got more followers in that three days than I had gotten in like a year. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. what that correlates to. I haven't really done the, the math or anything, but I mean, it, it must eventually help. I guess I don't understand. Again, I'm not, I'm no science. I'm no internet scientist, man. <laughs> okay, Mr. Scientist. So I, I think having like a legitimate presence on social media is important because we do live in a time where like people won't take you seriously if you don't. And we do have. A and we do, and it's for sure yeah, organically, and we're very good about like actually engaging with people all the time. Not just um, blasting people with bullshit too. You know? Yeah, it's like we're uh, because we're independent. We're just three, three guys, and we all run the social media together. Yeah. Um. So it, it is. It's very personal, and we offer like real engagement with our fans, which I think a lot of other acts just don't really do that to the level that we do. Um. But that's kind of the main thing. Is like we, everything we do, we want to do it with integrity, and not because we feel like we have to, or because we're chasing trends, or sure. You know, like doing the thought of doing that makes us all want to throw up in our mouths. <laughs> Believe me, I'm I am right there with you sometimes. But, I'm like, God you know, damn it! We could also shoot ourselves in the yeah. I mean, yeah, we could make a TikTok. It's probably not the worst thing, but yeah. Um, I think ultimately, the thing I, I've seen, the thing I've seen is that like somebody sees our video online, 
maybe one in 20 of those people becomes an actual fan, sure. you know? Um, which, you know, that's, you know, that's one more person and that's great. And like, we're doing a huge, you know, paid ad campaign right now, thousands of dollars of paid ads and it's great. Right. And it's good exposure for us. Um, but the idea, I mean, we have like a funnel, right? So we have all these different ways to kind of get people into the funnel, but it's all funneling people towards coming to see us live, you know? And when people come see us live, that's when you make a super fan. Like, yeah, yeah. Most of the people who do come to the shows walk away being a fan and that's what's most important yeah like well a lot of a big social media presence or a big online following absolutely does not necessarily translate to people who actually care about the band and are willing to support you and show up that's what i'm saying yeah again both both well said um but and, and this is not a like but this but it's just me tra- transitioning you have to have something right you have to absolutely. you have to engage on some level and what, what does that engagement look like um, with fans? Like, are you guys? Uh, I, I have something to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> like with with, the, with fans and people who love us, like it's a good, it's a dialogue. And we even have like inside jokes with a bunch of fans. Good. Um, with, good. 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 With, good. with like our actual fans, we have a real relationship with. And then with what I seem to notice with, at least 50% of the engagement from like targeted ads and paid promotions is specifically the message. Yeah, specifically the message video, but a lot of stuff is like people just shitting on us. It's like, <laughs> I get it. Know. I know, man. <laughs> yeah, bitter, bitter dudes in like their fucking 50s who've never done anything and just like <sighs> just want to vomit on us. And honestly, like, I love it. I love it. I've I just know it's fun. It, and I just want to have like a little compilation of like all of the insults we get because <laughs> it's engagement and it's hilarious and we'll engage with that too. But like that, that's kind of the a big part of the reaction we get from like the sponsored posts and things like that is just people shitting on us. And I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. And what then up? people fucking get in the fights in the comments. Yeah. It's fantastic. And all it does is just put our yeah, shit in the <laughs> You so know. what what I like to do is whenever, if I'll see like some comment uh, about my podcast or something like that, that's super negative, especially on Reddit, I try to stay away from Reddit. That's the one I don't engage with a, a ton, you, but, oh no, what I'll do is they'll be like, oh, your po- this podcast sucks, blah, blah, blah. I'll go in there like anonymous me and be like, yeah, fuck that guy. He is yeah, terrible. Exactly. <laughs> He's the exactly. worst. I I heard he doesn't even like uh, terrible to say on. Tool song <laughs> is calling voices. I heard his favorite tool song is Judith. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow, that's brutal. Uh, but yeah, exactly <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I think it's hilarious to shit on my own self when other people shit on it, especially when they don't know it's me. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> but, so much better. They know it's us when we respond, but I just troll the fuck out of people yeah. these days. One of my favorites is someone said we sound like a garage band, and so Ben commented back, um, can we use your garage next Saturday for practice? Right. <laughs> and again, I think it's, I, and that's the part that's interesting to me, I guess, just being creative in general, whether or not it's posters, uh, music, podcasting. I do short films, too. Um we live in an age where anybody can say anything about anything they want with little to no repercussions. Like not quite true. Hate speech is getting, uh, is getting shut down, which is sometimes a lot of the time, most of the time pretty great. So I understand what you mean. Like there's a level of, uh, like nobody wants to be told 
something like completely racist or uh, like threatening, but yeah, and like you know, like most of the time, it's all fun in games until people start getting really actually mean. And like somebody, somebody made some comment about the our our friend who's an incredible performer, uh, her Lyra performance in the Vesica video. Somebody said something really cruel, and I was like, "Shut up, sit down, go to therapy, yeah. stop." You know, oh, like, dude, also people just like fucking hate women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, pe- there's just if there is a any specific group out there, there is another group that specifically just hates that other group. It doesn't matter what actually, it is. They actually really love that group. They be like even like that group, but they feel so much shame inside of them for doing yeah. that. <laughs> that they lash out in the exact opposite and way. I think that's the case with our band. It's Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. It, it's fun. If you look at the people who shit on us, it's like the same guy over and over again. Not literally the same guy, but like the same kind of person. They're a thumb. They look like They look thumb. like thumbs and they're... Fucking Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> they think they're experts in music and they've never done anything. And that's why, like, I, you know, I encourage people to just come to a show and, like, you know... See, see what we're about because we're really fucking good. And honestly, like, there's no way that they can do the stuff we do. Yeah, because the time and dedication that we've done, like, we're a fucking good band. And that's why they hate on us. That's why they yeah. hate on us because they know deep down we do what we do because yeah. they don't have the fortitude to do it. Yeah, pulling this off is really hard. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's, so literally, this, literally doing this anything. One guy starts shitting on us. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah go ahead. This one guy starts shitting on us, and he's like, "Oh, you're over drumming." Be more like Rush was basically like this whole thing. <laughs> and it's like, dude, Neil Peart is like the most busy drummer ever, right? Like, what is the fuck? So, and, I, and that song specifically, like, you're doing the most like simple, simple paired back drums for like most of it. It's like very minimalist drumming, yeah. which. <laughs> so, 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 anyways, it boils down. I, I'm, you know, trolling this guy really hard. And, and I eventually just say, look, man, I'm like, and this was really genuine. I was like, look, man, I'm really sorry that your music career dreams didn't pan out. Like, because ultimately, I know that that's why you're lashing out at us. And his response was, I'm sorry, yours won't either. Like, cool. Yeah, you're a good guy. Yeah. Thanks, dick. <laughs> um, but I think what I was going to say is, like, resentment is wild, right? Anybody that's doing anything other than the norm, right? It's not necessarily normal to, like, not have a nine to five job and just dedicate your life to music. Some people, like you said, just completely uh, just resentful and jealous. And not only that, like I I just, I I find these online critics to be sad, really, you know? I mean, they're so lonely. Hopefully they like turn that anger into gold though. Like the first time I saw a tool, I was jealous and resentful and bitter because I was like, I had just stopped playing music. Um, and I feel like I had given up on my dreams and I saw them and I like, I had a horrible time the first time I saw tool. Like I didn't enjoy it. I just felt jealous. And (laughs) I I walked away from it feeling really, really gross and like ashamed of myself, which is one thing I love about tool is like, here's this really ugly fucking side of you. Look at it. Um, and that inspired me to like, get back into music and start writing my own music and that whole process led to me joining this band um and so you know like it can motivate people sure hopefully if you feel bitter and resentful towards other people like do the stuff you care about and what and do the thing you want to do because then it doesn't matter yeah and like ben's ability to do sorts full time and put so much into it 
has allowed Justin and I to have day jobs and be in a project that we love too. Like people on tour have been surprised when they find out like I have a fucking day job. And what you is know? that day job? Uh, I manage a nightclub here yes. in Boulder. Justin? Uh, I'm a sound engineer. Oh, yeah, that's right. There. Staging sound. So It's kind of yeah. related. It's still fun, right? I Yeah, I enjoy it. Like, I mean, I, I'd always rather be on stage, but like the next best thing is making a band sound great. And yeah, uh, that's part of how we get to sound good. It's like Ben and Justin know so much about music production and sound engineering and performance. Like it goes a long way. Give me one second. We're we're jumping around, so I want to make sure I'm hitting like a, a couple of. Um, it's been a fun chat, man. We really, yeah, yeah. really appreciate. I, you I, I'm trying to make sure like we get to the music part, like or at least like st- like we're hitting a bunch of different topics, right? We're talking about online stuff. We're yeah, we, we you touched on um, the pandemic, and we're talking about themes. I want to make sure that we like bring it into you guys, right? Like, what what message are you guys trying to to get across as a band? Like, wh- where do you see yourselves in in the next six months, six years? Um, I think all of us have like our own, like like we all have a shared vision, and we all have a shared thing that we want to express but then i think all of us also have our own individual things that we bring to the table that make us unique um and and that's what makes the band a unique uh constellation of people if you will and so i don't know like justin you tell it what what are you trying to express as a musician what do you want people to feel when they hear you play music um i want them to be inspired I want kind of like what Pascal was saying, like how he got inspired by Tool. Like I would be, I love it hearing stories like that when people listen to our music. Um, so yeah, I just I want to inspire people to create and you know. <laughs> and Justin, um, what 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 is your goal like as as a musician? Like where do you see yourself? Um, I mean, I just want to be you know doing this, and I love playing live. I love playing in front of people. I love recording. I love the whole process about being in a band. So just doing this and doing it more like yeah, you want to do I mean, cool shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I like live sound engineering and stuff, but um, yeah, if I could do this more full time, that'd be a goal for me really is to focus more on making music and getting paid. Yeah. Right. And getting paid. Paid. I mean, we, we barely make money. I mean, I we, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's funny when people are like, like, oh, I'm not gonna fucking like your band sucks. I'm not gonna pay you blah blah blah. But dude, it's at this point, it's we're not doing this for the money. We're not fucking making money. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're really think we were trying to get your money. Yeah, it's like the last thing. I mean, we need it so that we can keep going. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we, it's we would be we would all be doing this like just no matter what, pretty yeah. much. Like we're compelled to do it regardless of of making money, but we also want to make money. We yeah. want to play. For big shows for big crowds make a bunch of money have a bunch of fun like that's like liberation and have a dope life <laughs> that's really what you're doing you want yeah. to have a good life doing something fun that you enjoy doing i mean ultimately right yeah and i think that that makes people really and it, jealous because we have the we have the drive and the willpower and the willingness to feel all the discomfort mm-hmm. that comes with it just so that we can live a life that is uniquely our own and that is in pursuit of joy and pursuit of spreading joy, you know? And 
And people see that and they get so jealous because they're, they know deep down, like these, you know, these specific, you know, keyboard assholes know deep down that they're doing absolutely nothing for the world. And that on some level makes them hate themselves and you should hate yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, I've had to really change my perspective about why I make music. When I was younger, I had this idea that like I was talented and so I was owed success. Yeah. And I completely uh, starting, understand that. Starting yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu 12 years ago really uh, choked that out of me real fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is probably something that I, it's probably the one thing I'm most grateful for that I did, that I started and will continue to do until I can't move my body anymore because it's, it's this very visceral way of understanding uh what Miyamoto Masashi would call the way which yeah, you know he says once you've understood the way broadly you can see it in all things and I think doing jiu-jitsu is probably the most effective way I can think of to understand the way which which ultimately means um doing something be able being able to create quality effectiveness being able to have a goal and then accomplish it you know, sure. and I think jujitsu has taught me that more than anything. And one of the things that it's done is it's just really broken down my ego. And when I first started making music, I, I felt like I was making music more for other people than myself, or it was maybe like 50, 50. And as I've gone through getting, you know, tons of bad reviews and people saying we're just this giant tool ripoff band and, you know, people telling me that I suck and blah, 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 blah. Like all of the disappointment that comes with that is really just attachment to other people's validation. And the the process of making art and releasing it is a, a really great way to break down a need for validation, uh, hopefully, if you can make it through. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, I've had to really take a look at why, like my spirit, like from a spiritual perspective, why do I make music? And ultimately, like I make music to heal myself and to understand myself and to heal. And, you know, I have people who ask me about what is the song about? Or what is the song about? And I'm like, I don't want to answer that for you because one, like, I don't know who you are. And this, yeah. like the stuff I write music about is as deep and personal as it gets. And I try to do it in a way that's artistic. That isn't just like, I hate myself, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, I understand. You, you, me. <laughs> and like I try and do it in a way that's artistic because um, I think that that it's more authentic too, and that like I'm a very emotional person, I'm a very right-brained person, and the way I express myself is very right-brained and very um, abstract a lot of the time. But it's for me, it's more, it's a truer expression to to say something in a way that's like would evoke emotion versus actually describing what I'm feeling, if that makes sense. So like most of my lyrics and most of my music is like processing my own personal growth, my own, you know, uh, it's just you standing. And, uh, and so I think I just do it for myself now. And like, yeah, I want to play huge shows and I want to inspire people and I want to give people an example of, of what it means to be doing the work on yourself, you know? And that's, that's why I share my art. I share my art so that I can, you know, have Live. all of the <laughs> benefits of being criticized and being seen. Um, I think it's a really important part of being an artist. But I also share my art uh, to give an example of what it means to be, you know, living, living in an authentic and passionate and uh, truthful way with yourself, which doesn't always mean, 
you know, the good stuff. It means facing all the stuff that a lot of people just pretend they don't feel, you know, and, and I want, if I, if anybody, if I could get anybody to take anything away from our music, I want you to feel the things that you've been keeping in the closets. Gotcha. Yeah. I, for me, like music is a, a very good barometer for where I'm at mentally and physically and spiritually. Like if I don't have my shit together, I can't fucking play music. I'm not inspired. I can't write. Um, and I want to be able to do it. So like, I have to have my shit together enough that it, I'm able to do this. And that's like the spiritual side of music for me. I can, I can tell when I'm off, I don't play music. I, I can't play music. I'm not inspired. And then I, I listen to that and try to figure out like, why is this happening? So I can correct it. Cause I love doing this. So, so as a three piece, right. There's three individual people. Uh, sorry. Just the way that I said that made, made me laugh. <laughs> and it's not, right. but, it, but it is like, it is, it is a thing. Like it's an important yeah. thing to keep in mind. You know? Well, that, that, that leads me to my question is there a, like, what do you guys do to a, to, to not get on each other's nerves? Right. Cause you spend a lot of time together. It's like a little family and B, how do you like, how do you bond? And other than musically, like, do you share similar interests? Like, what is it about each other that makes you guys click so well, as opposed to, and I don't want to bring up, you know, any negativity, but let's say the past people that have been in the band, like what, 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 what works now that didn't work before? Cause I feel like you got just from this conversation, I feel like you guys click not just musically. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to do this if we hated each other. I think the fundamental thing is that we all have a certain amount of dedication to self-awareness and the other people, actually every single person that's been in the band um, doesn't really know what that means up until this point, right? Like everybody else other than us doesn't even know what having dedication to self-awareness means. You know what I'm saying? And so like, all of us are really sensitive and we can read each other really well. We're good at giving each other space. We're good at knowing, um, you know, what's going on with somebody else. And like we butt heads and we have issues, but then we're adults and we talk about it and we're all of us willing to look at ourselves and look at the things inside of ourselves that can be uh, contributing to the dynamic that's uncomfortable. Sure. And we're all willing to take responsibility. For and that's so essential in a relationship and, you know, people spend their whole lives not being able to find one person that they can have that level of intimacy. For real. With, you know, and we have three people and it makes it more complicated for sure. But like, I think all of us have the skills to be able to navigate an intimate relationship with three people. And let me tell you, it's intimate, dude. Like, you know, Pascal smells my parts and I smell his uh, food poisoning armpits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, uh, all, all your farts, I think we made up for with my fucking oh, dude, that was poisoning on Tuesday. That was, yeah. that we played, was horrible. We played with Schism, who, I don't, if you ever have Yeah, I know that. They're the nicest dudes. I love them so much. Yeah. They've been so supportive of us over the years. And uh, we played with them in Rochester, New York, and Pascal thinks... The citrus at the bar was wrong. Like, uh, wrong. Was, well, it's it's weird because like typically uh, it's not too bad if a bartender handles stuff with their hands because like it's just going straight into alcohol and yeah. sterilizes. But I got 
horrendously sick. I couldn't keep anything in my body for like five days from a drink. From a drink, and it was other other band members from other bands also got sick that night. Yeah, I think it was the bar. Joe and Schism too, and the whole place smelled. Yeah, I mean, we walked in there and there was fucking puke in the bathrooms before they were even open. Sounds like a health department uh, concern. Dude, it was wild. And I, I, Rochester, I, New York doesn't have a health department, I don't think. <laughs> I made it to fucking nightclub now. And like, I'm not even more upset way more on top of that shit. But yeah, absolutely disgusting. But yeah, it's very intimate. And I think we all have a lot of mutual respect for each other. Um, that goes a long way. It's yeah, there's like a trust, right? The, trust. Right? With the, not only do you trust your, 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 your group, musically but you have to learn to trust them as people yeah and and honestly like the best bands have some level of what we're talking about like oh i'm sure um like you look at like led zeppelin or pink floyd like their their relationships were so intimate that like you like pink floyd specifically like the last time that david and roger toured together they pointed their buses away from each other so they didn't have to look at each other you know (laughs) but like it's the the amount of of intimacy that that is that is inherently experienced by making music with other people is so intense that like when people come up to me and they're like hey man we should jam together sometime in my head that's like almost like saying hey man you should let me jam it in you sometime you know <laughs> i don't know you and i know what i know you <laughs> yeah it's a really intimate thing for sure ben is right <laughs> it's like jamming it into me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this and is kind of time constraints too. Like this yeah. is a fucking a full time thing for all of us. We're trying to get as much it, expression out as we can this way too. And also, like I still personal. have like I still have that side project going, and yeah. I want to be collaborative. Like Justin's doing drums for a song that I did guitar parts and bass parts for, but like. Because I trust him to know what I want done there. I don't want just like anybody drumming on over my music. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I have standards. All right. Only this guy. I'm just going to let some dude jerk off on my chest. And I I trust him though. It was like, I sent you this thing and I was like, here, just like fucking do whatever you want. And then the stuff you brought back was like exactly what I was hoping for, you know? When I first started listening to your band, I, I wanted to stay away from this question, but I, I think we have to touch on it a little bit. You're, there, there's an obvious tool influence, right? The, the question is, is how do you personally make, you, make yourselves distinct? Because I, I hear elements, right? There's certain tones and a certain progression, not all the time, but sometimes, very short, <clears throat> where I'm like, I know that. Um, I, I, I've, this is reminiscent or whatever you want to call it, but it's, yeah. it's definitely, you, you don't sound like tool in my opinion. <clears throat> Thank you. That means so much. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> but I, I can hear the influence, right? Yeah. And yeah, I, exactly. and I hear elements. So consciously, what are you doing to set yourselves apart? Right. It's not the worst thing to be associated with, in my opinion, the greatest band that has ever existed, but yeah. you, feel the same way. you don't want to be derivative. So how do you, how do you set yourselves apart? Well, I actually wrote a song about it. It's called, uh, the incident. Wow. My brain. 
So yeah, the song The Insipidness off of Ethereal Self is about how it's essentially like impossible not to be influenced as an artist. And uh, I, I compare influence as being like food to a plant. Um, and like the plant uh, absorbs this whatever. And then that actually like shows up in the plant. You can see it, you can taste it. Like, um, like just growing weed, you know, like the way that you grow weed, like if you put a bunch of chemicals in it, you're going to fucking taste chemicals when you smoke it. You know what I mean? Um, so I think Maynard will be the first person to tell you that anything good was ripped off from somebody else. Sure. Uh, and I, I have said before and will say again that all artists are just ripping off God, if you will. And <laughs> so, I, see what, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so I think the idea is to to just really immerse yourself in the in the artistic process like uh as a whole and understand what the artistic process is about and understand influence and understand um trying to create something new and like i think for me i don't think so much about like trying to differentiate ourselves from tool other than like if somebody has an idea that's like oh we should do this i'm like oh well that's actually exactly rosetta stone so we can't do that um you know, but that that's really all I spend thinking about it. Um, and I want to make sure I'm not like writing the same lyrics. I think it's kind of weird. Fear Inoculum has a bunch of source lyrics, like little snippets that are source lyrics that were written before I ever heard Fear Inoculum on albums that were released, uh, you know, in 2016. He like made says, eyes full of wonder. And I said, wonder fills my eyes on our first record. You know, like it's weird things we're, like we're that. So, so, so what you're saying is, you don't sound like Tool. Tool sounds like you. No, I'm just you kidding. know, my roommate <laughs> just... actually said that before. He's like, he heard Fear Inoculum. He's like, dude, Fear Inoculum sounds like Source. I'm like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> and, and who knows? Maybe. I've... Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to try to say something funny, but I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, no, we, we're just different bands. And we all have our own sound. And I think like the less we give a shit the more we sound like us, but still, still being cognizant of like, okay, this, this does sound right. too well, much like a thing. Let's change it up a bit. You know? So Mike Gamble did the, the art right for you, for you guys. Uh, he right. was on the podcast uh, two episodes ago or an episode. I can't remember. Um, he obviously was influenced by the band. Like he, his art specific. And my, and my great too. Well, you, know, well, you, you well, might appreciate this. Like, we i'm i'm friends and acquaintances with the grays and i gave alex a copy of the new album and like immediately he just like fucking looked like fangirled over mike's art like he loved the art uh -huh. and i you know that was really cool and i got to share that with mike but it's funny because people are people have been like oh it's just ripping off alex but i don't know alex thought he loved it and he didn't fucking think that whatsoever so. I, I didn't think it either yeah. i guess where i was getting to with that statement was just like <clears throat> we can't help what influences us. Right. Um, uh, we should embrace what it yeah. And as long as we're not, and I'm not talking about you specifically or Mike, cause I don't think either of you are doing this, but as long as you're not blatantly stealing, you know, okay. it, we can't, again, like I said, in his podcast, uh, without exploitation films, there's no Tarantino, right. Uh, without, you know, Alex Gray, who knows what Mike's art would look like without, Tool, who knows what your guys' music would sound like? Well, and like the inspiration might not be there to even become musicians in general. Um, for me, it's 
I don't know, Mark Marin <laughs> or somebody. Yeah. Uh, and Tool even, you know, that I love this. I love the whole universe of things and art. And so what, I mean, Tool was fucking ripping off Killing Joke. Yeah. Early stuff. And like, it's funny because like we said, we're all ripping off God. Like a lot of psychedelic artists and visionary artists get accused of ripping off Alex. But when you've done psychedelics and you've been in that realm, you realize like, oh, Alex was just one of the first people to like bring it back. And it's landscape paintings. Yeah, it's landscape paintings. Yeah, interdimensional landscape paintings by Alex and Alex. Yeah. Right. He's just very influential because he was like one of the first people in the space to like do it. To like and articulate it visually, that. yeah. Yeah. And have the skills too. Like, dude, his his whole background like primed him to be able to do that. Yeah, right? his knowledge of human anatomy. It's fucking yeah, check out big. check out Entheon if you haven't. Dude. What? That place is amazing. I know. I want to get up there. It's just I'm in Vegas. It's really far away. <laughs> oh, you've been to, you've been to the Meow Wolf Vegas? Yeah, yeah. You've seen the Alex and Allison installation? Yes, a couple oh, of times. Oh, I want to go so bad. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. So we bad. obviously want to go to that. So I'm going to end on this last question, and I'd like each individual person to answer. Um, if somebody, if there's somebody new that maybe have not listened to your music. Where do they start? Where, where where would you like them to start with you? Like, what song specifically do you think? Like, this is this is one I would like to share with the world. I know it's like there's a lot, but I know it's a hard question. That's a good but. question. That's that's a good question. Um, I'd probably say Vesica. I think that one. What uh, What is it about that song specifically? Um, I don't know. I think it just kind of showcases. The, the best of what we've done, like, especially in this, like, trio, the collaboration of us on that song. I, yeah, I just think that one, um, the way it came together, it just, it's, it's kind of special. Yeah. Let's go. Um, even though I'm not on this one, I would say Ethereal Self. The song? The song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's a really good representation of, like, a lot of what the band does. And it's one of my favorite songs to play live. That was like it's not on this album. Yeah, but it's awesome. Yeah, so I guess the other one to mention would be a path out in the the impulse and a path out. Um, I think that one really shows where we're at as a band now. Um, And what's funny is like some of those riffs were actually written by the previous bass player, Um, and Pascal came in and we had some parts, and then like he brought a bunch of other parts to the table that fit perfectly. Um, but the way that that song, like, you know, it, it's, it's 12 minutes, it's split into two tracks, but I, we look at it as one song, right? And it's almost 12 minutes. And the, the, all of the different things that we're doing on that, uh, I think really showcase uh, what we're about. And just lyrically, like, that's as, you know, that's as true to my intention lyrically for what I am trying to express with my music and the reason why I make music um that one really is as as close as it gets to to perfect and vesica too like the for me the lyrics to vesica are just like this is what i was really wanting to do with this band forever and the whole song i mean the whole album is just really fucking good and i'm really proud of it and it sounds so good god it sounds so good for a garage band yeah Yeah. (laughs) for a garage band i i really enjoyed the whole album i like i said i listened to it a couple of times the the song Bitter stands out for me um, a lot. Um, the opening. Cracking the shell. Yeah. Um, stands out. Another song that's not on that album that I really, really, really enjoyed was the the Changes Constant. 
Yeah, yeah. we should bring that one back. That one's yeah. gonna be fun with lights too. <laughs> um, I have uh, one other question you just reminded me of that I forgot to ask, but I, I um, so again, a lot of your songs are upwards of eight, nine, twelve minutes, um, and I I hate to bring Tool up, but when they when they started, I, I think their songs were a lot shorter, right? And they progressively got that way. I, I find it interesting when a band goes right to the like. I feel like it's going to be harder for you to, I don't know, create the universe right with long ass songs. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's why we we've been trying to write, and that's so so part of the reason. Like, it's funny, but like when you look at the track listing and you see um, all the songs, and nothing really gets over ten minutes until the end. There's two that look really long. Uh, if we had had a path out, the impulse and a path out is one song, it would have been almost 12 minutes right in the middle of this album. I feel like that would have deterred some people from listening to it. Sure. Uh, but when they look at it, they see, oh, like, yeah, all right, these are all somewhat digestible, right? Um, so a lot of what we're doing now, like, especially with the next album, it's just a little bit of trickery. We're like, we're intentionally writing songs with parts that are going to be their own tracks but they're all going to be ones like it's going to be three, completely understand. three tracks to one song. Right. And when we're in that, when we're consciously choosing that, we can actually make a song within a song and we can release one part of, of a whole song as a single before the album's out. And then people will have, well, they won't actually have heard the whole song when they get the album. Yeah, one thing that was kind of disappointing about this album was we put out almost half of it as singles before the album dropped and I don't think anybody else is disappointed by that. But for me, I'm just like, oh, there's not that much stuff that people haven't heard yet other than like the mix is different on Vesica and Emergence and it sounds better. And we added an extended guitar solo in Vesica and we added a cool little intro in Vesica. So they get all these little nipples. But like the next album is going to have these you have ideas. songs that are going to be singles. I understand. But then like when you listen to it, there's going to be a whole intro. No, it's that, a really, oh, really. Oh, is this that? It's a really yeah. interesting idea oh, that yeah. I... I look forward to that actually. That's a it's a really interesting idea. Yeah, we have two songs, uh, maybe seventy percent written for the next album, and they're really good. Really I'm really, cool, really yeah. excited. And like again, it's like there's influences, and in there people wouldn't realize. Like I love Vilgerta, and one thing that they do is like reuse ideas in really creative ways, and like they break up their stuff like that. So you hear it, you hear a riff in one song and then it comes back four songs later in a different context. And it's just like a language and it's cool. And I wanted to bring some of that into source. Yeah. And then you just, then you're like, I have this idea, but I'm not done with it. And you can just keep working it and build like a cohesive language. Yeah. Um, you may not have heard of this band, but I heard, I, I, I heard a lot of elements. It's the older band that, isn't really around anymore, but have you ever heard of the band one side zero? No, no, I've heard of them. I don't know if I've ever checked them out. They never got really, really big. Um, uh, but there are definitely, I, I, again, without you guys, I've ever heard the band. I would check them out. It's, it's a little, it's a little more, uh, radio friendly than what you guys are doing, but their combination of melodic lyrics and, um, Definitely not as technical as you guys, but I, it was very reminiscent of me and I, I, I really liked that band and they never got to play. So I'm, 
I enjoyed, I enjoyed, uh, your music brought a nostalgia back for a band that I forgot about. So thanks. Um, alrighty. I, uh, I kind of don't want to end on that. So please, uh, what lasting thing would you want your audience to walk away with from this episode? If it's a, if they're a new fan, if they just found you from this podcast, what, what's something you'd want them to walk away with? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say the thing that I say at the beginning of every show, which is we are source and so are you. And the idea um, behind the name of the band is to kind of point people in this direction towards understanding themselves as being a channel or a extension of the creative force of the universe. And I think what I really want people to feel when they listen to our music or come see us play is that they feel some sort of connection to all that is and that they are not separate from that and that they're actually a, a, a digit of the one I call, thing that is. I call it know, a tentacle. And it's all an octopus. I know exactly, exactly. what I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think you know. I think when you leave when you leave a tool show, you feel that way. Um, and that's actually it, I feel like you're asking a lot from <laughs> from an audience. Well, I mean, there's a lot that needs to change about the world. And Not wrong. I really believe that if everybody or more people spent time focusing on that word. Yes, inward. Focus inward and and outward, and see that like you know the uh, you know, the the visions that you have um, of, you know in a psychedelic experience are actually like almost exactly the same as like the veins of a tree, or like you know like that we're all like we're all one? sculpt. <laughs> yeah, we're all one, and we're all part of this big massive thing. And it doesn't mean you have to love everybody. I mean, like. You, oh, yeah. you should have, I feel like people should have some sort of love for everybody in that like existing is really fucking painful and everybody is just doing the best that they can. And also people can do better when they start to learn more about themselves and learn how they're actually one with everything. And so I encourage everybody to, yeah, dive into, dive into the source, man. You fucking kiffy, dude. <laughs> well, on that note, um, thank you guys. Uh, if you're again listening, check out Source on probably every media platform, right? That exists. Their new album, Emergence, is out. That just came out a couple days ago. Um, they're on tour in a couple of days. So if you get a chance, go see them if they're near you. Uh, thank you guys. Tell, tell everybody where they can find your stuff, where, you know, merch, do you guys have merch? First of all, yeah, we have merch, yeah. <laughs> Go first buy all, their merch. Thank you for having us on. This was super great to connect with you. Yeah, man. yeah, like, yeah, it was great. Like, whenever you, whenever we meet real Tool fans that have, that's 1% of their poster collection, uh, uh, Tool fans. Uh, it's like 10%, maybe 15, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, like, uh, <laughs> Whenever we meet people like that, it's just it feels like there's like a, a shared sense of community. Like, yeah, we're we're all part of this group, you know. And sure. Real and we're better than all the other groups. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. No. You're absolutely right. 
Um, That's how we connected too. Was on the tool. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so thank you for having us. Of and, course. You know, thanks for anybody listening. Like we, you know, we feel we feel you, even though we don't know you. So, um, if you want to listen to the album, probably the best thing to do is to go to solo two slash listen to source. That's like our link tree, basically, and it's got all of our links. We picked a really great name for search engine optimization. That. And uh, so solo.2 slash listen to source. I'll have, yeah, uh, the link will be with the episode. Cool. And then, yeah, and you can just go to listen to source.com for uh, our merch store. We have really cool shirts. You can get Mike's art on a t shirt or a poster. poster. We still have augmented reality posters, although I'm not sure if the augmented reality is going to work on both the poster and the CD. Misha was having some issues. So, We'll see when one of them is going to do the movement stuff. Gotcha. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then the, uh, the live, live section will have all the tweets. And if there's not ticket links for shows, there'll just be tickets at the door. So don't worry. About and you can, I'm sure find them on Instagram, right? Yep. And Listen to source on Instagram, Facebook, you search source band on Facebook and you'll find it. They welcome all trolls. I'm just <laughs> so again, they, thank you guys a lot. Uh, this was this was fun again. First band. I am looking forward to seeing you guys progress. Uh, I hope. Uh, I wish nothing but success and cool shit. Right back awesome. at you. Thank you. Yes, seriously. Yeah, we you. wish you nothing but success and cool yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the vision. That's what yeah. we want. Yeah, success <laughs> and cool shit. That's all I ever wanted. Nothing <laughs> in particular. But again, check these guys out. Source. Listen to the new album Emergence. Thank you for listening. Dude, thank you thank so you much. much. It's great to connect. Yeah. All right. Um, Spiral Out Podcast is produced by me, your host, Chris West, edited by me, researched by me. Uh, everything is pretty much just done by me. Uh, go to our website, spiraloutpod.podbean.com. Follow us on Instagram at Spiral underscore out underscore pod Facebook spiral out podcast and again if you want to see some of the images associated with this episode click the link in the show notes and it'll take you there again thank you for listening spiral out pod dismissed wait that's another show <laughs>